Justatief Production. the only show featuring 33% more tattoos. It's the RT Podcast. Hey. I'm your host, Armando Torres, and joining me as always is... Andrew Rosas. And... Hello. Hey, you did the bit. <laughs> yeah, you took out perfect, seamlessly for Griff, who never introduces herself. Just goes, it's me, or something, a variation of that. Well, since Griff and I technically share the same name, I figure you already know who's sitting here. This is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah I no. don't need to... That was that factored in like ninety percent of the casting decision to have you. Yeah, in that you shit. To, yeah, you guys don't have to change the lower thirds. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely, precisely. The only thing that we change is instead of Griff's socials, uh, we put Griff from Red versus Blue. Oh, right, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then we put Red versus Blue socials instead of yours, which probably links to a uh, fan's account. Yeah, probably, yeah, hundred percent. Um, you ever look at uh, fan fiction of the shows that you're in? Uh, no. Really? No, no, I don't do that. Why not? Uh, no desire. I don't know. <laughs> Why do you? Why do I? I don't do that. I'm not in. Why not? I'm not successful enough <laughs> to have that. I mean, That's not... I, I, I just leave uh, Mondo's fan fiction as voicemails on yeah. his phone. I, you know, I'm the main one who phone. writes them and I just like leave them on your phone. I do have a, uh, uh, the other show that I do, I Cult you. Podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we had a fan that would draw every week, uh, Fan fiction of the hosts as furries, and that was a little every week, every week, and they stopped doing it eventually. And it was uh, first like a little nice that I didn't have to see it every week, but then a little scary. Like, why did you stop? That reminds me of uh, many, many, many years ago. We were at a convention. I, I think it was Gus and Joel and I. And somebody came up and, you know, when you're at like a, those old conventions, people would come by with their art and they'd want to show it mm -hmm. to you. And yeah. we'd always be like, well, we're not artists, but we'd love to look at it, you know? And yeah. always it would be like, uh, like, here's a picture of Simmons and Griff playing golf. And you'd be like, oh, that's cute or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this, this lady came over and she really wanted to show him to Joel. And then Gus and I were there as well. And she goes, I just wanted to show you guys my art. And we're like, yeah, bring it. Let's see it. You know, we set, settle down. Mm -hmm. She pulls out like this giant bound book and in it are just like, she's like, all right, there's a picture there's a picture of me, and it's just like a well-drawn picture of a lady. And she's like, there's a picture of me uh, in a tree. And there's a picture of me having sex with four snakes. And there's a picture of me having sex with a lion. And you're just like, uh, can you go back? One? What? And then it was like 100 pages of her having sex with different animals. Can you? Can, okay. I need, I need to elaborate on how good were the pictures? Pretty good. It's real life. Line awesome. drawing. She's a talented Sick. artist. Yeah. I love to just like... <laughs> I'd love to show you my art fully mm. thinking it's going to be fan art of y'all and, and then just nothing like, to do no. with us. Just like here's my portfolio. Yeah, of, and it's like and it was my like my bestiality portfolio. What an icebreaker. Truly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't get to page 472, which is her having sex with Jeff in a line drawing. <laughs> uh, got all your tattoos right and updates them as you get more. Um, <laughs> when's the last time you got a new tattoo? Uh, I got one like a week ago. Oh, what'd you get? A little King of Hearts right there. I so you can see it's still healing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Emily and I are doing wedding tattoo. We're going to have a tattoo artist at the wedding. So wow. people can get tattoos. You, you guys a, are not invited. And, so I knew that. It's uh, a brave move for somebody who's been divorced, what, twice? Yeah, two times now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and are so you going to cover up the old one? 
Yeah, I got some work to do. Uh, and uh, anyway, we uh, we decided to get ours early because when you're you're in a wedding, there's just no time. Mm-hmm. You know, no, we'll I mean it's all obligations, and it's yeah, it's a it's a hoop jump, a lot of obligations and places to be and things to do. Yeah, I'll also be honest with you. At, at some point, when you get old enough and or have enough tattoos, it getting tattoos is like eating a bologna sandwich. It's oh, just yeah. like oh, you have one, I'll, I'll get one. Sure, what is it? I don't care. My... Do you want mustard on it? I don't. Care. Uh, I'm going I'll to the fridge. Can I get? Ahead. Can I get you something? I'll have whatever you're having. Yeah. Like I'm getting a tattoo of this lady having sex with a snake, and you're like, I'll take it. Yeah, is I'll it get. Good? It. Is it good? You know what? I don't care. Doesn't matter. I got space yeah. to fill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a portfolio. Uh, yeah. I have no tattoos. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You. Uh... You can come to my wedding if you get a tattoo. Ooh. Nice. But it has to be the invite. <laughs> It, it has. To, I, I get a fucking tattoo of the invite, like on my bicep. Yes. Yeah, and you have to mark the box that you of food you're. Yeah, getting. I just like a check. Yes, replying. Yeah, just steak or chicken yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and you have to put your plus one on there too. Oh Perfect. man. Oh, so you're also getting a wedding tattoo. <laughs> That's awesome. That rocks. My uh, my mom once told me that people. I'm, I'm sure this is a common phrase, but this is where I heard it first. Was my mom always told me that people have one tattoo, three tattoos tattoos or many mm. is the quantities that people get tattoos in or none obviously if you're like a fucking nerd ass dork like andrew that's right um but yeah i uh what was your first one uh my very first tattoo was this black flag Hell like many yeah, young brother. punk rock kids yeah. uh at 18 years old my mom told me when I, I got this tattoo when i was in the army uh came home to visit my mom at christmas or whatever and showed it to her and she cried and then she told me, I'll never forget this. She told me, I gave birth to you. Mm-hmm. So technically your skin is my property, belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And I no longer, I, I, you have no permission to do this. So legally you could be in jeopardy by getting tattoos because wow. I could probably sue you. That's graffiti. Yeah. And so uh, I continued to get tattoos. My mom now has like six. So I won, I won her over eventually. Well, yeah. well, well. Yeah. Huh. Well, the turn by yeah. logic, you should never have shaved, gotten a haircut. Correct. Um, any of those things. Any of those things at all. Well, at least without approval at yeah. the time. Yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, mom, I'm going to shower. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. That's like, I've heard so many things think about, about like... Think about using a new shampoo. Is that okay? Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That might damage my property. Does it have sulfates in it? No, don't use sulfate shampoo. It's yeah. Bad. I commend your mom for trying to get the most out of her resale. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what it's all about. I, I I appreciated the tact and the angle she took with it. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was clever. Yeah, you know, it didn't I'm... work. But if anything, it, it did what most things when parents uh, try to impart any kind of rule on their kids. It just made me want to get more. Tactics. Of course, like well, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have children. You have children. I do. Like yeah, it's like it's like don't do this. I mean, give them a big red button and say don't push. Yeah. Like, How many kids you got? Just the one. Just yeah. the one, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Not even a kid anymore, the woman. I, I, that's wow. right, that's right. At, at, at this point, you have a... Human adult. You have an adult. Yeah, I have an adult. That's... Tattoos? Uh, not yet, not so far. Not that you know of. Not that I, yeah, not that I'm Interesting. Aware. I don't think that you're... I think... I think if anyone didn't have to hide tattoos from their parents, it would maybe. Oh be no, I would not. Have, I would not have been okay with. It. Really? Yeah, it was been discussed for many years. Wow. Yeah, wanted to get tattoos earlier, and I absolutely not. Earlier than eighteen. Earlier than eighteen. Yeah. So I started wanting to get tattoos at like fifteen, and I was like, I have to put my foot down. Like, I my very heavily tattooed foot down. Yeah. Yeah, my very heavily tattooed. foot down. I mean, I don't want to talk at it. 
school. But um, see, here's the thing: I I, I created her, so that's technically my skin, <laughs> right? My property. Yeah. No, I just don't want her to get a dumb tattoo. She's gonna have to cover up. Sure. You know, and it, like I, if Millie wants to get covered head to toe, if she wants to look like. Uh, like Snake Post lady. Malone, I don't give a shit. As long <laughs> lizard, as lizard man, as long yeah. as they're good tattoos, and she's an adult when she does it. Sure, because I know all the tattoos I got from eighteen to about thirty, and I'd like to remove most of them or mm-hmm. replace them, and I just don't want her to be in that situation. Uh, sure, I want her to be a little more intentional about it. Sure, mm. and now, so but now, now has reached the eighteen-year-old, de- you know, demarcation. So now is it like, well, buy a condios. Yeah. Like, you do what no, you want. Th- yeah, that's kind of my parenting style. It's like now that she's 18, she do whatever the fuck she wants. She's 18. She's an adult. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's weird because she's still in high school and she still lives at home. So there are like, uh, there are like, d- d- like roommate rules that apply. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. The my house, my rules. <laughs> yeah. One of them ones. Like me too. When I was 18, I was still in high school. Yeah. Uh, it was just like the way that the year lined up. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird, like... That's such a weird place to be in, especially when I when I found out I could check myself out of school. That's when it was over. Truly, <laughs> it's over. That's over. when it was fucking over for the yeah. school system of California. Yeah, they had when... they could not get their hooks in you yeah. at all. You no know how leverage. fucking offensive it is that I have to ask permission to use the bathroom, but I can fucking vote. That sucks. Yeah, I can go, I can check myself out of school right now and go take a shit and buy cigarettes. But I still have to if I want to be here for class. I have to go. Excuse me, can I use? You could die face down in the muck in a foreign soil for your country, yeah. but you have to raise your hand. To yeah, but I have to raise my fucking yeah. hand. I mean, like truly, like truly, you get to like your senior level classes in high school, like essentially like college classes, like. You gotta go to the bathroom, just get up and leave. Or don't, like, or leave. And then the teacher goes, okay, it's like, bathroom, cool. Or if they don't come back, they just go, okay, that person was absent. They left my class. So then they rack up a bunch of absences and then you don't fucking graduate. Like, there's like, you're, yeah, you wanna be an adult, act like it. I've always had a problem with the school system that, like, doesn't truly prepare you for uh, adulthood. You know what I mean? Like, this, this exact thing that we're talking about, I feel like should be a situation where, like, if I'm in my senior year of high school and I got to use the restroom, I should just be able to leave and use the restroom. Correct. I understand why they don't want you to do that because kids are shit and they will take advantage of it. 100%. Um, yeah. But also, I feel like the way that you fix that is by slowly giving children more responsibility over time, leading them to understand the trust being given to them and them holding that trust and earning it results in better stuff for them. When, when uh, how old are you? I'm 27. 27. So you graduated high school nine, 20, eight, nine years ago. 2014. So yeah, uh, what is that? 2014. That is 12 years. No, nine years ago. Nine years ago. Yeah. Good lord. Nine Fuck. Years ago. I shouldn't have graduated if I couldn't do minus nine on. Yeah, they're taking that. You, yeah. Uh, you aged out of high school, right? They just they, <laughs> yeah. they, they get yeah. some point you reach an age. Yeah. There was a guy in my high school like that. They too. said you got to stop his coming. Third back. senior year, they were like, yeah. you listen, oh, you're, old, you're dating teachers. You got to go." Yeah. After after his like fucking electric shaver was disrupting class, he was like, "All right, sorry, sorry." It's probably changed a little bit since you were in school. Because uh, I graduated in 1993. It's a great year to graduate high school, and uh, it's wildly different my my daughter's high school than a, than experience that I, I'm that sure I went through. I've heard. I, I mean, mean, that was 700 years ago, but I would imagine even <laughs> the world has changed a lot since 2014. So I would imagine high schools have probably. I would hope so. I know that um, you know, like uh, I my when my mom went to school and shit. Even when my grandmother went to school, there was like smoking areas for for kids. 
Um, yeah, things... <laughs> they were called outside in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so, welcome to smoking area. Uh, it's uh, all Christendom, we call it. Yeah. Uh, it's here. Yeah. You just, uh, yeah, like, I, I understand that things change. What I, the problem that I have with my school, and I'm sure this is how every kid feels, is the years that I went to high school um, were the years where they really went hard on being scared of things happening to kids with like the rise of school shootings mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like they took away, um, they took away off campus lunch for us. We were the first class mm. to where they took it away. They put up the gates. We were the class where they <laughs> renovated our school to look more like a prison sure. than a school. Um, and I understand why they did those things, but I don't think it was like super cool. And I'm hoping that they got more lax. <laughs> we're, we're worried about kids getting shot at school. So we're keeping them there longer. Yeah. Like we're, we're not letting them leave campus for lunch ostensibly where they'd be safer away I've, from this place. I've told you about this too. My favorite thing is they put a fucking school resource officer with a gun on, on campus. And his name was officer balls. Mm. And, uh, he, was so aggressive about it where he would be like the name's officer balls what about it and it was like he like he knew you were gonna do something but it's like come on man why are you working why here go be a homicide detective or something dude Tr truly like uh my name is uh frank dick butkus like yeah. you know you're you cannot work with children ever like yeah. get out of here well, actually, my true name is hyphenated. I come yeah. from a rich banking family, the Sachs. <laughs> yeah, my name is Ball Sachs. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Like, I graduated. I was in high school during nine eleven. Wow. I was like, I had that sweet, like that sweet, uh, uh, <laughs> that sweet. <laughs> what? What do I preface this? I was during uh, in class, and someone came in the hall and was like, "Oh man, someone someone crashed a plane into like the the World Trade Center tower," and in my mind, I populated it with, oh, like some idiot, like Skyrider for like a sporting event. Although yeah. it was like eight o'clock I mean, in the morning. We were like, watching the news and that's what we thought for that's the first what, yeah, minutes. That's yeah. yeah. And it was just like, oh, that's what I'm saying. And then it became very clear that it wasn't what was happening. And it was just like all the kids crowded around like a tube TV in the library, yeah. like just n fucking shaking, like unsure what was happening. I remember the times. day just because I, I was, I was in kindergarten and some Jesus fucking Christ. I know. some fucking dickhead Texan in a suit came to read us a story <laughs> weird in the middle telling then he, us then about you the shut up for 13 straight minutes yeah. and then finish the story yeah. this fucking guy comes and whispers in his ear and he stops talking and I'm like I want to know what's going on with the goat what's happening <laughs> reading a story. I was well I was I was at work with Bernie and Gus at the call center <laughs> yeah holy shit that's how long we've all been around my god did you stop working for a while did you go on a smoke break I never smoked so I couldn't yeah really yeah I've never smoked I've smoked like a uh, half of a cigarette in my life you strike me as somebody who smoked for too long and then quit mm-mm that's... No, I think it's because I grew up around smoking. Yeah, sure. And I was one of those kids yeah. who would leave the house in the morning and then try to like put like run a fabric softener on my shirt to get like my mom's cigarette smell off. You know, kind of that, thing. Yeah, I I feel like that will like kind of cure you of the curiosity of like smoking pretty quick if you grew up in a like family of smokers. Either it like turns you into one, or yeah. you're like I you never go hard, the, go other hard the other way. Yeah. My first wife smoked mm. two packs a day, and so like. And we lived in New Jersey and it was so fucking cold and I had this tiny pickup truck and I always had to, she always made, had the window down to smoke and I would just be freezing everywhere we went on the, on the fucking Jersey Turnpike thinking like, I gotta divorce her. <laughs> I gotta do Actually, something about this. Yeah. <laughs> I either, look, gotta, I either look, gotta get divorced or start smoking. And so I, yeah. Yeah. 
get a bigger jacket maybe even could have saved could, marriage. That is, those are tough times uh, <laughs> fair enough. yeah I, I started smoking in high school uh and i also i want to say like i started smoking in high school uh in around 2010 to 2014 when it was not cool to smoke it yeah was the, yeah when, very out of vogue when was the last time it was cool to smoke before obama when i grew up it was fucking cool, cool. Yeah. yeah yeah even though i didn't want to do it you see somebody with a cigarette like a cowboy with a cigarette and you're like all right well he's definitely yeah. getting laid before i am there's <laughs> a there was like a but the, before and i want to be clear i'm not blaming the guy but before obama it was cool and then i think after we got like michelle uh doing all of the outreach for like advocating for children's health and like changing the stigmas around like both diet exercise healthy whatever like that's when i think it stopped being cool mm. in the eyes of the youth because like i remember showing up to high school and smelling like cigarettes and people weren't like fuck yeah dude they were just like you smell like ci what are you a fucking dock worker dude yeah get out of here dork I remember I was smoking a cigarette at the park once, and this kid called me gay. I thought that was so funny. Wow. I'll never get over Jesus. His name is fucking Nathan, and I'll never get it out of my head where he goes, are you smoking a cigarette? And I went, yeah, what the fuck about it? And he was just like, you're fucking gay, dude. And then walked away, and I was like, what, ha what, hap Wait, what, what happened? What year, what year was this? Like, yeah, 2014? <laughs> what happened to this country? <laughs> we used to be a country. It was 2014. Yeah, yeah how intolerant. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, that what do you think Nathan's up to now? Probably being gay. I hope so. <laughs> that was his awakening. He was like, yeah. "Oh shit." Yeah, not uh, a smoker though. No, interesting. Um, I actually, I don't know. He's probably like in. Uh, this is the weird thing about like my age is that uh, there are people that I know that went to school with that are like still in not college. I just found out by the way that college is different from like undergrad and grad school and sure. all that shit. Uh, but they're still in school. Which blows my fucking mind. I've been an adult for a long time. Next year, I'll have been an adult for a decade, which I know to you is not shit, but and to you too, because you're both old. But for me, seasoned, seasoned, yeah, tour, yeah, seasoned yeah. with age, yeah, 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 and salt, <laughs> judging by your skin, salt dry, cured, dry rubbed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all I mean is like uh, next year I'll have been an adult for a decade and I know people that are still in school and to, I know it's a different type of school, not like the high school where you have to ask permission to piss and shit, but, um, it's still wild to me that like, you're still in that. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Uh, actually I, I was doing some research for one of my 10 billion podcasts I do. Uh, so all right, uh, mm -hmm. by the way, it's available where all podcasts are available. Check it out. It's just me talking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can we and get I a was, lower third for I, that? I was, yeah, yeah, please do. Uh, I would, Griff from Red versus Blue. Uh, <laughs> and, and is it problematic? Uh, I, uh, I was doing some research on the 27 Club and I was trying to juxtapose, you know what that is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and how it's kind of bullshit. So I was trying to juxtapose it with the 48 Club because I'm 48 years old. And by the way, there's <laughs> way more people die at 48 than 27. Uh, but that got me thinking. I I kind of wish that, that I, I cared and yeah, that I could <laughs> that it could finally be over. over yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of wish that I had kept at least some tabs on my high school. I hated where I grew up, and sure, I hated sure. everybody that I grew up with, sure. right? And I didn't want to have to spend any time with any of them. Mm -hmm. And so I really, it's kind of like I never went to a reunion. So my high school days are kind of a, a 
black hole of what happened to those people. But I was thinking, at 48, I'm sure a couple of my classmates are probably dead. Oh, probably, dead. probably like more than a couple. Yeah. Like, I bet there's a bunch of people I went to high school with that are just fucking dead. Yeah. Whether they died of cancer or heart attacks or they got hit by a bus or a train or they drowned or they got shot in a robbery or they ran themselves over because they're fucking stupid or what, like whatever. Where the fuck did you grow up? Alabama, Detroit? dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, yeah. But like, I bet a lot of them, because they're just stupid, right? I bet a lot of them are just <laughs> dirt dead. stupid. Just yeah. dead, dead for dumb ways. Also, I would A just, real Darwin Award, like, yeah. fucking shooting gallery, yeah. I just found, uh, like, to your own credit uh, about what you're saying, is, like, I just found out the most dangerous city in America is in Alabama. Really? Where is it? Uh, I'll find it for you. I'm not going to be able to pull it up right now. That's no problem. It was in Alabama, and it was like, uh, you have a 1 in 30 chance of being the victim of a violent crime in that city. Was it Pritchard? It might be. I yeah. don't remember. I'll f uh, I'll okay. find it and make it a lower third okay. right now. <laughs> so you, you just rattle off that statistic, and the, the thing you said makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the most dangerous city because of violent crime. In my very cartoon soaked brain i went oh no it's just like a city of mr beans <laughs> like it's just a bunch of it's like populated by the biggest clumsiest goofs just a bunch of mr magoos walking what? around and yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking... Oh, oh yeah exactly just a bunch of just hapless just a, a hapless alabama you know Jeff, you have actually like really tapped into something that I've been thinking about. And I, no, I don't mean this as like the start to a bit. I genuinely mean it, which is, uh, as I mentioned, I'm about 10 years away from having graduated high school. Yeah. I have not heard of a reunion happening. And I've like talked to a couple other people that I went to school with. Uh, there's no one like planning a reunion. There probably won't be one because social media is so prevalent that we just keep in touch with everyone from high school. Do, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Does that die? Does that go away? I think so. I mean, I, I the whole reason that this is like half a joke, but I'm being kind of serious. I think the whole reason that people have high school reunions is to rub their success in the face of the people that they fucking hated. Well, it's like what we would always say in the 90s or in the early 2000s. It was like to see who got successful, mm -hmm. to see who failed, which mm -hmm. is what, you, and then to see who turned out to be gay. Right? And that was like <laughs> yeah. what it was. Back all the then. smokers. Yeah, all the smokers. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, I, I would add a fourth one in there to see who fucking gl glowed up glowed who, up who, who, who like damn who pulled an andrew roses because you used to be really ugly i used to i mean people would like come up to me and try to answer questions three yeah i was just that much of a trouble <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just unprompted um, oh, yeah man. so yeah i you know glow up of the century but no i think yeah that would I, that had the fourth one in there like yes who failed no, that's fair, yeah. who failed who succeeded who turned out to be gay? Who like yeah, just got super hot. Good, super hot. I I can't imagine anybody got in my area got super hot because no. every once in a while, I mean, my family still lives there, and I still love my family, and I do. I, I'm so mean about Alabama, but there are wonderful people in Alabama. Sure. But that being said, I still go back to visit on occasion. We'll go to a restaurant, and the people in Alabama still have the same hairstyle that they had when yeah. I was in high school, like the big poof oh, yeah. up and all of that. And yeah. I just, I can't imagine any of those people like aging into that look well you know yeah. yeah i uh yeah i went to school in los angeles and like a suburb of los angeles so pretty much your the two things that everyone have is they moved to the big city mm -hmm. uh or they just stayed there and now they work in a mcdonald's 
And I don't mean mm. that as like an insult. No, no, I just no, no, mean no. that those are the two things where like sometimes I'll go visit my cousin or some of my friends that live in the same town and I'll like stop by. We'll go to like an in and out or something. And somebody that I went to high school with is just there. And it does. Yeah. F- I, there's nothing wrong with being the employee of a fast food restaurant. I need no. to specify that. But it does give me a little bit of joy to uh, order food from somebody like to have somebody go do Dude, something for me i'll tell you a weird way that it went for me the first gr- my fr- very first girlfriend mm-hmm. was uh this girl Lori in the sixth grade and uh we went on a date i threw up on the date Ooh. in front of her yes that, sir that wasn't a deal breaker we hell still, yeah we brother still, my mom made it even worse we she took us to the state fair uh we got on the swings i threw up why on the swings would you, like okay. why oh wow I you, up on the swings. i was so nervous about the date right and then this is the worst thing that a, a parent can do to a kid. On the way home to take her home, my mom made us stop at Walgreens to get ringworm medicine for me because I had a ringworm. Oh. And so this girl, Lori, so we didn't make it much further sure. past that. Sure. Then, I was, then I was too scared to kiss her and she moved on. But mm. when I was in the 10th grade, she dropped out of high school and started working at the gas station right outside of my house. And then she got really into, it wouldn't have been meth back then, but I, I guess crank or whatever it was, crack. And uh, and then every time I'd see her, she'd have a few less teeth at the, and it just like, and I just, I, I'm not even like being funny ring, about like it. Like rings I of a tree. Like, no, I just I watched her like dishevel in front of me and kind of, and it was just so sad. And she, I was still like in 11th grade and she was, that's you know, wild. Pulling full, pulling yeah. eight hour shifts at the gas station. Oh God. That deter- the deterioration, like watching somebody sort of just I don't know. really quickly. It's uh drugs are no fucking joke. No. Don't don't yeah. I would just suggest yeah, not to they do certainly it. are. Um what do you do what <laughs> Just wearing a shirt that says quality, quality drugs. drugs. Oh, okay. so, so this is all to say, uh, get yourself some quality drugs. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah, no yeah. joke. They, well, it's it's insane that like to to see the like what I would call the post-industrial blight of kind of middle America that happens in like like semi-rural, semi-urban areas where it's just like, damn, that is a cold mirror on like yeah, yeah the lower lower you know lower middle class of America that just like yeah can you can watch somebody just. Like they drank from the wrong cup at the it's end like, of the last crusade. Just I, like <laughs> I remember even in high school thinking about it. It's like we we grew up, I don't know, three miles from each other. We were in all the same classes. We had similar friends and yeah. just like how differently the trajectory of our lives were going, even by like the eleventh grade, and just thinking like, I gotta get the fuck out of this place before I end up like that. Yeah. Which is why I joined the army at seventeen to get out of Alabama. And uh, which why I still have most of my teeth, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, like, I feel, you know, the, that those circumstances do like, inspire or, like, propel you or are great fuel to, like, reach escape velocity mm-hmm. where you just, like, when you can see that, like, happening around you, when you can see your classmates, like, just, like, oh, man. It, like the, a ta- I'm watching a tailspin. Like I am watching yeah. a flame out. So like the, that's the thing where I grew up too was like you graduated high school. Nobody I I didn't know a single person that went to college. That's not true. I had one friend who went to college on a band scholarship and dropped out in his second semester. And that was the only person I knew who went on to college. It just wasn't done in the early '90s in Alabama. Everybody from my high school graduated and then went and got jobs at the bumper factory, chroming bumpers. And that was like the only source of revenue. Like that was that was the career path. You graduated from Theodore High School, and then you went and chromed bumpers for the rest of your life. And I just inhaling chrome dust and getting fucking, all kinds of diseases. Yeah, <laughs> fucking do that. Of course. I got chrome cancer. Yeah. I got that new Mad Max shit. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, witness me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I don't know if this 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 might actually make you feel worse, but like everyone I know uh, the, that I went to school with, and I, I don't mean literally everyone. I would say the majority, eighty to ninety percent of them, went to college, and those same people are the people that I'm talking about that ended up having to work at our equivalent, which mm-hmm. is like an In and Out or yeah. a McDonald's or something. Which again, like I'm, I want to be really clear. There's nothing wrong with working at any of these places, but it sucks that they went to college and then that was what was available to them. Yeah. And it's uh, unless that's what they wanted to do. I don't know. It could you be. Know. There's certain people where like no one ever talks maybe about how In and Out has these incredible benefits, mm-hmm. and you can build a career out of working there. Or Chick Fil A, dude. I'm I actually s- looked into buying a Chick Fil A uh, franchise because I'm gonna have a post Rooster Teeth life at some sure. point when I just can't do this anymore. But I. But you want to stay in the you want to stay in the poultry yeah. zone. Yeah, I want to stay in the poultry zone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta stay I gotta I gotta, I gotta stay beak adjacent yeah. at all right, times. Right. Exactly. Uh, no, but I like, we've talked about, like, Emily and I've talked about opening up, uh, like, a, a laundromat or a chick. It is fucking hard to get a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And then to, it, you got to put in, you got to prove that you put in, like, 60 hours a week as yep. a general manager. Yeah. But you make a dickload of money, but the process to get approved for it is insane. That's, so that is why that's the process, that's why the process is so insane is because, like, you're, like, a, like, manager of a Chick-fil-A makes, like, 180k. Yeah, it's like sure. insane. It's a ton of money. It is but, insane. That's like I I I, I on the statistic. I'm like, fuck. Do I need to work at Chick? Like I was like, yeah, god absolutely. damn. What like we, the, what we should do is. We and I am fucking... not an ally. I really not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I looked into buying one just because I like the politics. Yeah. Uh, and don't don't fucking tell Gus we said this. We should quit this fucking job, go buy a Chick-fil-A, and then just podcast well, on the I'll, side. I'll tell you what my financial advisor told me when sure. I when I mentioned it to her. Yeah. We were talking about like, you know, what a potential post rooster teeth like could look like if I retire. Sure. And uh but still need to bring in some sort of passive income. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, we were thinking about Chick-fil-A, and she goes, Good luck. You know how hard that is? And I was like, I, you don't think I could do it? She's like, No. <laughs> you don't have it. You're not. Yeah, you're, you're not, not, you're not what they're looking for. You don't so, have it in you. I'm just saying. No I, offense, but I don't think you guys are either. No, I know. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't not. say own. I said work at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not we're, own. We're fucking splitting shifts at. Yeah. The I, would, I would hire you guys immediately. I think I'm a good. I would. I would be a good employee. I also have y'all ever worked fast food? Yeah. Well, okay. I this is like a big thing that we've done in the past where like I I've worked as a chef at a comedy club which okay. was like an actual That's kitchen. Worse than fast food. That is worse than fast food. <laughs> Although the guy who ran the kitchen really gave a shit about the food. He taught me a lot. He was like a real cook. Okay. Uh, but so that was not really fast food. And then the only other food place I've worked at was a Jimmy John's mm. where we didn't cook anything. Right. And right, I didn't right. make the I didn't I would they wouldn't even trust me with the bread. I had to make sandwiches and then deliver. You were an assembly. You were in the assembly business. Yeah. Yeah. I was a brick mason for your fucking, the brick in your stomach. I worked at a fried chicken, like a local fried chicken restaurant in Alabama for about a year and a half. You remember the name? Sydney's Fried Chicken. Wow. Yeah, they had three locations. I think they're still open. My location closed, but I think there's still like one in Grand Bay, Alabama or something. We looked Mm -hmm. it up a couple years ago, probably on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh... To this day, some of the most fun I've ever had in my life was working in that fast food restaurant. Of course. I mean, it was yeah. some of the worst fun I've ever had, too, and it was, it was dog shit days. But, yeah. I mean, like, there is something really, I don't know, fun about working in a, a, a job where you can just kind of turn your brain off and just be an automaton and do the thing. And, I mean, clearly it wasn't where I ultimately wanted to be in life or I wouldn't be here. But, like, I worked the best job I've ever had in my life. I worked at a... At a, <clears throat> a, a a movie rental store. Sure. Like a local movie movie rental store in in New Jersey. And it was hands down. Like I would take that, if that place, if that owner 
undied of cancer and then rehired my manager who got shot and killed in a robbery. Yeah. If and they came back to life and restarted that place, I would move to New Jersey and take that job back in and, <laughs> and leave all this behind. All behind. And if all those people who survived fucking took out the servers at Netflix too. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other work you gotta get through. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's incredible. My when my mom uh, was pregnant with me, worked at a blockbuster music store mm. and talked about how it was just the best job Dude. ever. I wanted to work at Turtles or FYE or one of those places in the mall so fucking bad or Sam Goody yeah. and I just couldn't get hired. They wouldn't hire me. Or fucking Sun, Camelot. You guys remember Camelot? Oh, Camelot, Suncoast Movie Company. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wanted to yeah. work at Camelot so bad and uh, and they I just I just didn't have it. I'm not making I didn't it have what they were looking for. Is that like an indie blockbuster? Camelot was a record store in the okay. mall. It was like the largest record store in the country. Yeah. And a mall for... that's like a like a big store. Yeah, that's it's like, like a collection of stores. It's okay. like a real um and a store. That's like a website with, <laughs> with yeah. bricks. Yeah. We we did a go to. We and did a bricks. That's like stone 3D printed. <laughs> yes. We did if you remember Camelot, by the yes. way, that it means something. It means you're very old. We did a mall draft <laughs> on Fuckface a couple, maybe six months ago, and we all got to pick, like, draft our favorite mall stores, uh -huh. and I picked Camelot. And not only did Gavin and Andrew and Eric uh, have no idea, and Nick have no idea what I was talking about, but almost the entire audience was like, yeah, nobody knows what you're... Dude, like, I, I might as well have been describing, like, cave drawings. Sure. I would go fucking top three. You're gonna not like this, and it also shows both visibly and emotionally where I'm at. Sparrows is my number one. Okay, it's the worst um, pizza on earth. Yeah, but it's the thing is, is like I like trash food. Yeah, it's like what you have yeah, to understand yeah. about me. Yeah, I was like, we just talked about on uh, the other show that I do called podcast. We talked about me and my partner have this concept called trash dates. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in New York, we had a trash date where we went and saw Five Nights at Freddy's at the the Times Square AMC mm -hmm. and then went to the Times Square God, that Olive must have Garden. been a sticky theater it was fucking disgusting it yeah. was the worst theater experience I've ever had in my life both because the movie is shit and also because like the theater Dude. yeah porno is, theaters are less sticky when, yes. I, when I used to live up in that area and I'd go to show uh, like movies <clears throat> in New York City it was the grossest it's awful. The grossest. It, it's a it's a truly <laughs> awful experience, but it's also just like it's a trash date. We did yeah. it on purpose because it's like a stupid like a, you know, we had other things like go to the Chili's and get the all you can drink whatever. Yeah, uh, get a get uh, two uh, five dollar hot and readies from exactly. Little Caesars and like watch just like the dumbest movie you the, can find. The yeah. funniest part to me is that the concept of trash date isn't to be like, could you imagine? It's to go, can you remember? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> can you truly. remember when we had when all no, we had? Yeah, when going to the AMC and then Olive Garden was a dream for Dude. us. Yeah, Olive Garden. I just ate at Olive Garden last week. It's so good. Uh, I fuck with it. My yeah. the, the, the salads are. Yeah. My fiance, uh, she, her family has this tradition on Christmas Eve that I have now adopted that we do that I absolutely love. It's kind of similar to your idea of a trash date where on Christmas Eve, we go and we drive to any fast food restaurant in Austin mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can get like, I get like, I get like uh, beef and cheddar from Arby's and then fries from McDonald's yeah. and then chicken nuggets from uh, wherever, Wendy's or whatever. Yeah. And then whatever you like, what piece you want. And we can go to as many stores, you can get as many things as you want. And then we come home and then we lay out all the fine china and then have like a really fancy candlelit dinner, but with 
you know, a wild yeah, chicken garbage and garbage yeah. food. Yeah, you, and you, it is so much fun. You yeah, literally, incredible. you literally have like Trump's dinner for the football yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. And we we've done that every year we've been together, and I look forward to that more than just about anything. It's there's something so beautiful about it. We're like, I, oh God, I've Silent talked to night as you're like eating yeah. a fucking just like McChicken, like ah. Yeah. Uh, there is something, yeah, it's, it's nice. I remember, like, uh, I'm sure, well, I don't know if I should say I'm sure. I, I grew up very poor, and uh, mm -hmm. I think that, you, yeah, okay. Um, uh, I remember when, like, huge events for us would be, like, when somebody, the rare occasions when somebody would graduate high school or the more common occurrences where somebody would get out of prison, mm -hmm. we'd go have a celebratory dinner at the fanciest place, which was a sizzler, all-you-can-eat Hell buffet. yeah, brother. And your your father would wear his crispest, blackest polo shirt and yep. his nicest, whitest uh, Air Force Ones. Yeah. And you would go out and you'd eat at these places. I remember, like, uh, those being the epitome of uh, uh, of, like, fancy yeah really when i was growing up i thought the nicest restaurant on earth was a place called quincy's yeah and it's like a sizzler it is yeah. like you get the tray a and shonies you go down the, it's kind of it's <laughs> like a it's like a plussed up shonies they, they got a few more steak options sure and it was yeah and, and it was just like i thought that that was where kings and queens dined yep you well, know? until i was probably 17 honestly <laughs> It, I mean, it, it makes sense because you get the quantity. You have like it's probably better food than you've yeah. had at other restaurants before. There's also like different options. They have different stuff, and also like it it gets built into your brain as this sort of like celebration meal. You know? Yes, mm -hmm. and and fancy at that age is whatever your family tells you fancy is. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. it's also subjective, right? So fancy for you might not be fancy for somebody else. But when I was growing up, eating at Godfather's Pizza and getting to sit in at a restaurant and eat a pizza or mm -hmm. going to Quincy's, I thought I felt like I was Prince Charles. Oh, the, the, the mine was pizza, like going in and sitting yeah, down yeah. at a pizza hut yeah. with those red cups yeah. and those stained glass like shit. You mean the Gerplers? The, the Gerplers. The Gerplers. Lower third that shit. Face. Lower third it. Lower third it. Gerpler beanie out right now. You can drink yeah, out of it. Yeah, there you go. Can you really? No, it's porous. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, but that that for me that was the like like once every three or four months we'd go like you know yeah we had the shakies that's what shakies. we would uh, Ooh, we'd go shakies. eat at a shakies with the pizza that tastes like uh, the sauce is made out of ketchup mm. and uh, the, the 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 impetus behind trash day the thing that me and my partner do is that like eventually I learned what fancy was like I, I've also uh, what is fancy do you. Well, so that's kind of the point, right? Is that like when I was a kid, those things were incredibly fancy. Yeah. When I grew up and got a little older last year, I was very, very lucky to, thankfully to you and this job that you've created, uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, go to Paris. I went to Paris, mm -hmm. not for work, but I, I was able to afford- To go to Paris. To, to for Paris. Fun. Not, not for Legos, no, but just, yeah, to, yeah. just to go. Just to and be yourself. In my brain, uh, you know, that was incredibly fancy. Like one of the fanciest things I've ever done. And that's why I always talk about it with this like, oh, I went to fucking Paris. Yeah. Because it's like, I never- Are you left-handed? Huh? Are you left-handed? No. I just, my right hand would, no. Okay. My right, it's, I just mimed it with my left hand because gotcha. my right hand was playing with my, my, my. I always pay attention to what hand people jerk off with, air when jerk off with. When they're air yeah. jerk off. Yeah. I also don't jerk off like this. I do Why it not? very different. It's you're a, it's like, a whole rigmarole. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's very precise. <laughs> it's just like, holds it so just the tip is poking out and then he rubs the top. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Like you're trying to make fire? Yeah. yeah. I do one of these where I fucking, I squeeze every drip Like it's out. a Capri Sun you're yeah. trying, you're trying to, to yeah. If I don't pop blood, blood vessels, it's not a good orgasm. Yeah. You know, I, try, I wish people were more accurate when they air jerked off, but like genuinely like, like somebody's offended and they go, oh, this fucking guy. Yeah. And they're, do, they're playing with their prostate. Anyway, <laughs> my point... My point is, is that I went to, I went to Europe, which in my mind, growing up, a kid that went to Sizzler and thought it was fancy mm -hmm. would never happen. I was just okay with never going there. And then I went to a two Michelin star restaurant uh, and I tried the food and it was an incredible experience. And I was super grateful to do that stuff. And I've talked about this with my partner where it's like, I realized that I started to look down on the stuff that I used to think was fancy, the going to Sizzler. But I realized that like that stuff is still important for different reasons and now we started doing trash date which like we call it a trash date as a joke but it is the stuff that like was a special occasion for us going to a Chili's going to the movies a thing that I love doing that I didn't get to do all the time mm -hmm. going to we didn't really eat out that much Andrew brought up a great point of like sitting down at a physical place to eat a pizza is like the it is the most fancy yeah, we would get like a little Caesars or like a local like our the pizza place we went to the most was called uh, Large Pizza Three Twenty Nine. That was the name of the fucking <laughs> restaurant. It's <laughs> fun to go to like a fancy restaurant a couple times, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Go to like Jeffrey's or like some fucking some soulless place downtown that's <laughs> super expensive <laughs> and dark. True Lux. But you, I think like yeah, like True Lux is great. Eddie V's or yeah, one of those yeah, places. Yeah. As you get at least as I get older, I like. I just want to go to eat hot pot. I just want to, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to go yeah. where they, they refill my soda as soon as I'm done with it. And I don't have to think about it. And yep. the, like, I, I think you like, you go through a phase in life where you, you're introduced, especially if you find a little bit of success in life and you have a little bit of spare money to, to throw around and you, you get to, you get a taste of what fancy is, you know, sure. you get a taste of what, like the places that they eat at in Gilmore girls or, you know, or like whatever. I, I, did, I said Gilmore Girls. I meant say Gossip Girl. Uh, I was about to say, do they, they, really they didn't eat funny. fancy places. It's, it's, well, Suki cooked Stars everything. Stars Hollow? And, yeah, they did have, have Michelin Star. No, 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 I meant, no, no, no. I meant Gossip Girl. Got, yeah. I, I just remember when Gossip Girl was on, it was always like, they're like, oh, they're eating at Butter. Oh, they're eating at this place. And it was always like, wherever the hot yeah. restaurant sure. They still in, ate in fancy York. on Gilmore Girls, okay? And I've seen yeah. Gilmore Girls. I've dated a lot of white chicks. <laughs> Continue. But then at some point you realize you're like, yeah, it's not worth the. It's not worth. It's not worth the hullabaloo. It's not worth the money. The it's juice, not worth getting juice ain't worth the squeeze. The juice yeah. ain't worth yeah. the squeeze. Like it, or it's it's worth it in such small quantities that it really helps you. At least for me, it helped me appreciate all the fucking normal meals I eat. You know, going to Austin Diner or wherever is sure. I don't know. I I, I having touched nice for a, a couple of years and then been like, okay, now I see it, and it's kind of it's more hassle than it's worth. And after you've done it a few times, you're like, did I? Was it really? Was that? $120 steak really better than this $40 steak? Yeah, but was it $80 better? No. I you know? Also, I, so I both agree and disagree in that, like, I think that you are completely right with what is fancy and why do we think about that stuff. I for sure had a disdain for the previous standards that I and my family had and was almost disgusted in thinking that the things that I thought were fancy were fancy. I think sure. everyone who grows up poor they do goes through that, yeah. right? And you want to do There's a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hate, yeah. a lot of like, 
you spend your entire childhood looking, seeing life through the prism of the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. when you're a have-not, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a, I think there's a lot of that to get over as sure. you grow up, you know? Yeah. And, but then once you do get over, I mean, that was the thing is that like, I would go to these fancy places, I would do these things, I would order the Uber Black, I would do these fucking stupid bullshit money-wasting things because I was like, I can do them. Yeah. And now I don't have to be that poor kid anymore. Yeah. Uh, and now I've realized that, like you said, like there's, there is a lot of it is bullshit. Like truly a lot of the quote unquote fancier restaurants, there is not much of a difference between those places and other places. Like Gus told us that, uh, when Gus went to Bangkok recently and, uh, went to a a restaurant that was a Michelin star restaurant paid six bucks for the fucking meal. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) yeah, it's, and it's very simple, but it's like one of these incredible things. And so like. I don't think things have to be fancy to be good. However, I have started... Also, the Michelin star rating is a fucking bullshit scam. Look into it. It's You ever think like, oh, Michelin, like the tire company? It is yes. the tire yeah. company. Yeah. It is a bullshit rating. It is a fucking... It's, it doesn't matter. But... What you really want to do is you want to eat somewhere where that where a James Beard award winning chef is. Yeah. That's 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 what you want. You want to eat somewhere where a guy like me walks out and goes, "Oh, it was so good." That's where you want to go. Oh, the fish was so fresh. Yeah. Look, look for the Armandos and listen for the tuba playing as we walk away. I think I think f- at this point in my life, fancy restaurants to me are for celebrating a person or an event, right? Mm-hmm. And it's way more about that moment sure. than the food or the restaurant. I, I 100% agree. I think like, you know, eating at like a quote unquote fancy restaurant, like to me also at this point means like, if I'm going to spend the money, I'm definitely not going to Eddie V's or something like that. I'm going to go to like Uchi or yeah. like oh, Emmer and Rye or somewhere that's like. Dude, Emmer and Rye is pretty solid. It fucking, sl- they're Cacio e Pepe. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. Woo! I just really fucking good. Worst fucking cacio e pepe I've ever had in my fucking life in New York. It was like out of a can. But that actually <laughs> leads me to my point that I feel like you would agree with a lot, especially since that's what you just said is like since I've since I've gotten into cooking and like learning about cuisine and like following different chefs and their method and like learning about different styles of cuisine and also my partner is an incredible cook mm. and learning from them about stuff and like uh, I'll show you off off camera but like you don't we, have to <laughs> <laughs> I prefer you not uh, we cooked a bunch of meals together and That's I was great for you in New York going to these nice restaurants going to these famous places and my favorite meals were all these things that we cooked together dude um. And so learning about these cuisines, I've, my mom implemented a rule in me because my mom also, you know, didn't grow up with everything and also had me and we were poor. Um, my mom Im- implemented this thing when we started, when she started making an okay amount of money, which again was like way after I graduated high school, where when we went somewhere, we would make one reservation at a nice restaurant in whatever city we were going and we would just eat there and we wouldn't worry about the price and it would be like factored into the budget for the trip and i started learning about different methods that these cooks use for stuff and appreciating the food and what they did and asking them questions and i feel like that gets a lot of credit too i'm excited to eat at certain places because i'm excited for what that chef is doing and i'm like following more of that world there's artistry there right and you want to craft if you are i guess attuned to that kind of artistry i can absolutely yeah yeah, see that as being the sole reason you'd want to go to a place like that but i would i was what i was going to say is like you know like we went to we went you and i and a group of friends i'm referring to armando uh went to like a nice meal uh recently and it was like what's a nice meal where'd you go went to uchiko okay and like the 
the the exp- like the food is incredible, unarguably yeah. Yeah. incredible. But like so much of what like is I think so enjoyable about going out to a quote unquote fancy meal, and it's the same whether it's like a like two hundred dollar a person place or the fucking nineties uh, Pizza Hut with the glass the, the one that I'm glass, looking for the yeah. one I'm, the one that you're looking for is like so much of that was about like the fact that it was like us going out as a family and like that we went out as like a group of friends yeah and it was like 50 percent of the 50 percent of it was the food that was amazing and i think 50 percent of it was like the sharing of the company yeah that like the the people that you're with the like you know us tasting the same thing at the same time and being like fuck holy shit like oh man that's good and it's like the conversation it's like truly like i think that's half of why it makes it special and i think those are the things that kind of shift as you go from like, ah, this is your like once every six months fam- fancy family meal is because you get to experience those things with your family who also aren't. Because like when I was a kid, my parents were, weren't going out just them very often having like mom and dad. They weren't eating filet mignon while we were eating shells and cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so this was a fancy thing for all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that also factors into it. Is like, yeah, it's a spe- it's 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 special occasions. It's a special time for everybody, like in the family or whatever group of people you go out with, which I really appreciate. When we went to Uchiko too, uh, we went because um, Andrew had a uh, 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 like a connection with somebody that was like um, very involved with the restaurant. Okay, so we got like special treatment kind of is what i would call it where like we got you know we got to try different stuff Mm -hmm. uh the the chef came out and like brought stuff so it was also one of those things where it's like just like you feel pampered and and incredible yeah Yeah. it's like we're truly like it's not happening again you know what i mean i was just like we gotta enjoy this because like i don't know that it's like (laughs) yeah i don't know that this is gonna happen on our dimes ever again no 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 and and yeah it's just an incredible restaurant i guess what i'm trying to say if i was trying to say anything at all is uh Similar advice that Andrew and I were talking with some with some people um, recently about uh, trying to figure out how to be funny. Like, oh yeah, we talked to the. How's that going for you guys? Uh, we're almost funny. We're gonna be funny soon. Okay, I promise. I hear, I hear that. Part, I hear that a lot. Pardon our dust. We have the signs yeah. of yeah, it's Can, coming me, soon. Gap. I spent two months working on that. Guy called me gay for smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so much fucking time on it. No, I'm just, but we were the advice that we gave, like what it really boils down to was, uh, and we're doing it for the, you know, the Warner brothers, um, digital creators program. Um, the, the, the soul of the advice is that we were saying about like, cause people were worried about like wondering, uh, like I don't have formal comedy training. And we, our advice really breaks down to watch stuff, experience stuff and ask yourself, after you've laughed at it, why was it funny? And uh, that's advice that I've been trying to implement into every part of my life of like, why did it, why did I enjoy that? Or why did that make me angry? Or why did X, Y, or Z? I think it's just a great way that, I mean, it sounds so simple and stupid and obvious, and I'm sure other people figured it out way faster than I did, but like, why did this fancy meal make you feel excited? Was it the pampered? Was it like the money you spent, the feeling that you earned it? Or was it the food? What did you get out of this? How can you have this more? You know, it's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. The way I, at least in terms of being funny, now I'm, I'm pivoting off of the, uh, the food stuff. Cause you, you piqued my interest <laughs> with this, uh, comedy rules. Uh, the way it always worked for me 
once I realized that I was making a living being funny, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully being funny, is and the, I, the way it's been my entire life, I think, is I'm I'm largely motivated by spite. And uh, <laughs> yeah. there is nothing that pisses me off. I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't admit this, but there's nothing that pisses me off more than in a situation like this, where if I leave and I felt like you were funnier than I was, or you were funnier than I was, it's not going to happen today. It's not an issue. But if it were, I would go home <laughs> and I would think about this and I would think about like what you said that was funnier and, and like, and I would just approach it from an angry, like, why the fuck did I not think of that, that Armando thought of it? And then I just beat myself up until I'm funnier. And that, that's how it works for me. I don't know. Maybe I think I used to do that a lot. And I, and as recently as working with Funhouse, like that, I would do that a lot. And there, and that's a hard way to be when you work with them because they're fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're, they're very funny. They're all hitters. They're very funny. And so, uh, I realized that I realized semi recently because I do that. I mean, spite and revenge and anger is the reason that I do pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why, like, oh, I didn't go to college. And so mm -hmm. I needed to be successful because all those other people, I needed to prove them wrong. I needed to put on this air of like being better than because I always felt lesser than. So mm -hmm. I want to be better. But eventually you get to a point where you're just like, they don't care. Those people don't give a shit. And even if it works, then they go, yeah, okay, you're a success. And now you're just, what, successful? But you don't think you're successful because you think you're lying because you need to keep up this appearance for other people. You're not doing it for yourself. That's but interesting. I, th I think some people just need, I, th I think it's like Michael Jordan. You know, some people just, when he's like, I, but it comes the meme or, of like, I took that and I took that personally. And you realize he starts <laughs> to look for reasons to take stuff personally yeah. because yes. he just needs that motivation. Yeah. I think some people just need that motivation. That's so I, interesting. But, I forget everything that was said the second I heard this <laughs> like i get in my car shut the door turn the engine on i don't it's gone it's gone dude it's if, gone. I, if i fuck up a joke or i miss something i'll obsess about it for like a oh, week man. after yeah i i so i know somebody uh, this is gonna be mean and i hope he never hears this but there's a chance that he might but it probably won't work out my father is that way the way michael jordan was of like being look constantly looking for a reason yeah for to be to that, be aggrieved yeah yeah to, but without any of the talent <laughs> yeah that's like i need i need literal personal yes. stakes in everything my like... you know what my father is the michael jordan of being an alcoholic and a mechanic that's what he's good <laughs> a drunk mechanic uh he's jiffy lubed up anyway he, I but I realized that like I always looked down on that. Maybe look down is the wrong word. I disliked that about my father because he was just constantly I'm saying like he's fucking dead. The guy's still around. My dad will constantly be upset about things that in my mind are not slights and are so stupid. And to the point where sometimes I think he's joking mm -hmm. because they're so funny. Like I remember one time after a party uh, he left and they still had a bunch of beer left over and uh, they gave the beer to somebody else and then afterwards he was talking shit about it like why didn't they save the beer and give it to me and I was like that's honestly a pretty good joke not a bit he was genuinely upset about it and I would always like joke about how stupid that was and yeah. then I realized that I do the same thing I'm constantly looking for people to slight me or to be upset about something or for a reason that I need to improve uh, to be better than um, and then I realized that it doesn't make me any bit happier and I get Michael Jordan's whole thing about like wanting to be the best wanting to be better wanting to prove everybody wrong but at a certain point I just want to be fucking happy and that doesn't help me to to it doesn't help me to be happy I think it makes me pretty happy 
I think it's the differences in which it makes you happy versus like, I no longer care if I am the funniest person on anything as long as I think I was That's funny good. enough for myself. Thank you. Well, yeah, of course you're going to say that when you're at a podcast with us. Yeah. When it's not an option for you. <laughs> I think I would. Okay. Here's a great example. Recently, I've started doing uh, these shows again called Roast Battle. Okay. Um, Roast Battle started initially as a show at the Comedy Store in Hollywood. Uh, it was a Tuesday night open mic run by Brian Moses. And uh, these two comedians got upset with each other and they wanted to fight each other, physically mm -hmm. fight each other. I don't remember who the second comedian was, but one of them is Kenny Lyon for whatever that's worth. Um, they wanted to fight each other and the host, Brian Moses said, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to play the dozens. You guys are going to go home, write roast jokes about each other. We'll fucking come back. And then you guys will go head to head and roast each other. And then, uh, they did that. People loved it. They kept doing it. And then roast battle became this like underground big show. Uh, rail battle came on, helped them pitch it to comedy central. They tied Jeff Ross to it. Uh, that became like the show. It became this huge thing. Then it had like a ranking system. And now it's like this big show where you have people competing in different leagues all across the world. And, uh, there are, I would say two types of battlers where there are people who really get competitive over it and want to beat other people and want to say things to rattle their opponent and be funnier than, and it is a competition for mm -hmm. them and they want to be the best at it. And then there are people that I like to battle and myself where I don't care if I win or lose, as long as the show is good. I would mm. much rather have the battle working in tandem with my partner where everyone goes, that was the best battle of the night. How evolved and magnanimous of you. I, I mean, I've always seen, like, I've always seen that as like wrestling. Yeah. Like two wrestlers like go like in a match together, like are using each other. They, they know how to like put on a good show because they're like <clears throat> helping each other do the lifts and the bumps and they're taking like, it is like this choreographed, like understood thing. Yeah. And like, they aren't really trying to kill each other. Although in some death matches, you'd be like, oh shit. Like, you know, he's really just putting barbed wire around the guy's throat, like, and super bleeding. But like, in terms of like, you know, more kind of mainstream wrestling, like it has this element of like, th this isn't about who like kind of wins this match. This is like, how good a show can we put on? And yeah. I think that's the mentality you're talking about. It, like, is, it is. And you know what? Speaking of like being funnier, than any of the three of us, James Willems from yeah. Funhouse, uh, yeah, Comedy Powerhouse, he will do this thing that is so amazing to watch where if you go, go watch some Funhouse videos and you'll see him do this where he knows that uh, you have the perfect opportunity to make a joke and he will just fucking lay it up for you. He will be the perfect, he will play the straight man and set you perfectly up just for the that, alley. Give you that, yeah. yeah. Well, I and think it's, I think that's what all of the let's plays for Achievement Hunter were for mm -hmm. years. It was just like trying to direct a group of people and then tee them up to allow them to shine or to be funny or to give them these moments while also trying to choreograph this whole thing. I always loved that part of it. It was kind of like, it was kind of like 
uh, it was kind of like di- like directing a play, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. If if you looked at it that way, and if you were paying attention, and you recognize that this dumb GTA video we're doing has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it has to go somewhere, and and there's six people in the video, and you want to give everybody equal time to be funny and let them shine, and you want to set them up for success, but while still move this thing along, and and still have it be cohesive and make sense, and still tie it up in a bow at the end. And I always said that until it became like an albatross around my neck, and I wanted to fucking kill myself every time I did it. <laughs> I loved that part of it. It was such a wonderful like, ballet. Ball- it was yeah. a wonderful ballet. It really yeah. was. And that's how I, and I always felt like Howard Stern in that moment, you know, when sure. I got to do that and, and, and play that role. And it was, the, James, James does that very well. It's officially time to kickstart holiday shopping. And that also means it's time to start worrying about what to buy. Look, don't get me wrong. I love holiday shopping, but sometimes it feels like there's just so much pressure to find something meaningful that my friends and family will actually use. I mean, how many times can I give my mom a little coupon book that says that I'll be a good son, especially when I never actually am. Luckily, with Uncommon Goods, there's no cause for panic because they scour the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. From art and jewelry to kitchen, home, and bar, they have something for everyone. Not just some lackluster gifts you could find anywhere. And when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now because they might sell out this holiday season. They even have uncommon experiences like tarot card readings or romantic map making, cooking and mixology classes if you're looking for a different way to connect and have fun with your loved ones. Uncommon Goods actually sent the hosts of RTP a code so that we could do our own shopping uh, and we just found out about it today and we have been looking through the website at all of the things that are available and i'm so glad i waited because i would have ordered so much cool stuff for myself but now i'm ordering gifts for other people and it's making my life so much better and plus with every purchase you make at uncommon goods they give back one dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice they've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date so get 15% off your next gift. Go to uncommongoods.com slash roosterteeth. That's uncommongoods.com slash roosterteeth for 15% off. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Websites nowadays are full of third-party trackers that analyze your traffic to find out what you do online. And the truth is, what you do online is your business. And that's why picking a VPN that will keep your browsing data private is absolutely crucial. And lucky for you, NordVPN is the fastest VPN on the market that defends you from everyday online cyber threats like malware and trackers before they can even harm your devices, baby. And as opposed to other VPNs on the market, NordVPN has a no logs policy, meaning they do not store your browsing data and sell it for profit. They have over 5,800 servers in 60 countries. And you can connect up to six devices with one click to keep all of your devices safe while you're browsing the web. 
And plus, NordVPN's dark web monitoring continuously scans dark websites to make sure that your account information is not leaked to dangerous websites. And if it does find anything, you're immediately alerted so that you can take steps to protect the vulnerable account. I use NordVPN, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I am not a technically savvy guy. So much so that I just messed up the term technology savvy, okay? I don't know what I'm doing. I thought it was going to be something so hard to set up. I thought I was going to have to learn some coding. I thought I was going to have to become a little hacker boy myself. Not true at all, baby. It's so easy to set up and it means that you are instantly protected and it becomes so much safer to browse the web. So grab the exclusive NordVPN deal. Go to nordvpn.com slash rooster teeth and get an extra subscription time. Wow, what? Try it risk-free now with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Thanks to NordVPN for sponsoring our show. Thank you, NordVPN. I, I recognize it's a character flaw, but it's like one that I don't mind that I have. Which one? That I just I just want to be funnier or better in, in any situation. Sure. I don't think it's a character. It's flaw. motivation, and if I don't have it, I don't know what I would do. I think that uh, I so one of the you know fuck me for doing this. Bernie Mac has that great <laughs> moment on Oprah, right? Where well, he, he had. Yeah, yeah. And now he's fucking dead. Yeah, he's and now dead. I'm, and now everyone's better than Bernie Mac because we're still alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bernie Mac had that great moment on Oprah talking about how you can never compete. Bernie Mac's trying to be the best Bernie Mac. Yeah. He can't compete with anybody else. And I feel like we, we, we live right now in a day and age where everyone, the way that they react on social media, like you're just seeing people win and win and win and win. And it's really hard to like have a clear vision of what the actual like playing field is. And so it's, you're living in the best time to be angry and spiteful and needing to be better than somebody else. Yeah. So I get what you're doing, but I also, I think for me is like, uh, first of all, I think we create different types of stuff where like, I don't necessarily want to be a podcaster sure. forever. And I don't think you do either. Um, uh, contrary to all evidence, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty into it. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, I, I, I realized it took me many, many years to realize, and I mentioned it earlier, but all I've ever really wanted to do was be Howard Stern and sure. podcasts are the way to do that in 2023. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That actually, the moment you said that right now, every, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I, I want to be clear is that like, I think podcasts are great. I think mm -hmm. they're really fun. I've had so much fun just having this conversation with It's just a medium for a conversation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I personally want to make like uh TV movies and also sure. that's what I, I want. Do any of that shit anymore. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Well, I know. I've seen And God love you. I've yeah. seen the TV and movies that you guys have produced, so I wouldn't either. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've seen what we're capable of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. I don't know. Uh never mind. I was going to be too mean for a second. Um, it wasn't that mean. I was just going to say you look like fucking John Waters had a crack addiction. It's fine. Did, I will take that as a huge comment. I'm a yeah. big John Waters I mean, John fan. Waters oh, I didn't the mean the career. Man. I meant the bone the, structure. The structure. <laughs> yeah. no, I, uh, I've got that healthy John Waters pallor. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are for halloween you should do like the pencil thin mustache 100 i saw him i saw him perform live like maybe 10 years ago really one of the most entertaining dudes oh ever. yeah i saw him at paramount Theater. made of charisma yeah. like made pure pure, pure charisma, charisma. Yeah. and i'm like 
this guy made desperate living? Jesus. It's like, <laughs> he's so eloquent and well-spoken and clever and just enigmatic. And then you're like, and you're like, oh, and he also, he put shit in a box. Yep. Yeah. I think you are one of the most interesting people to, to listen to talk. And no. so I, I really enjoy like, uh, well, thank you. I have been listening to, uh, um, uh, the, the show. Well, I've been trying to get more into Fuckface because I've seen like everyone talking about it. The problem is, is that like, this is not a slight on you or Fuckface. It's just with podcasts as a medium is that I usually listened to them when I was in LA traffic. Yeah. And now, and now I, you're not. No, because everything in Austin is 20 minutes away, which is also 20 miles. And it's actually pretty nice. It's the biggest hurdle to success. And I shouldn't say, I mean, I, honestly, Fuckface is successful. It's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. successful podcast, a uh, pretty successful brand for us. But the biggest hurdle that I've had for success is converting video game fans who want to watch us play Minecraft into podcast fans. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking, I was lamenting this a couple of weeks ago in another podcast, but I went to a, a concert recently, this band called Clowncore. And it's what you would think it is. It's like hardcore, but yeah. like they play clown yeah. music and it's like, yeah. it's insane. It's off the wall. It's like weird in all the <laughs> do, best do, ways. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So you were there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but at that, at that show with a couple of friends of mine, I had, I think about like 15 kids came up to me to say they loved Achievement Hunter. And I was, you get the most wonderful spiels and it all boils down to you used to be really important to me. Yeah. And I'm Ooh. like, oh my God, thank you so much. And every one of those, I always try to, I always try to reconvert them back into the fold, right? I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you listened for the time that you did. Uh, you sounds like you're in a different place in your life right now. I'm not really playing video games either. Maybe you should try my podcast. I do three different podcasts. If you loved the energy or the the anarchic uh, like tone of of Achievement Hunter, we have that in this podcast I do called Fuckface. You'll absolutely love it. And I think. All 15 of those kids, I get the same thing. They go, nah, it's not really my thing. Well, yeah, and I just walk away and you're like, ugh. You're fucking I, pitching yourself to sober juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there was nobody sober there. Uh, but uh, What's that, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> you were the, like, give me the chip. <laughs> you just, I can't. I was sober. They were yeah, 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 yeah. I was at a concert. They yeah, were definitely, I was yeah. drinking Diet Cokes all night yeah. long. Uh I, uh, that's another thing about fancy restaurants. So if the restaurant's too fancy, they don't have Diet Coke. If they don't have Diet Coke, I'm fucked. Yeah. Because then I'm like, well, what do you have that's not alcoholic? And they're like, we have water. And you're like, okay, We have sparkling. Yeah. Sparkling water with my steak. I- uh, <laughs> but it's just like, it is such a, and, it, and, and, and I've, I've talked to people after who have come back and they've been like, you know, I finally did. It took me a long time, but I finally did listen to a podcast and I found out I love podcasts now. I had no idea. I think that there's so many people out there that would love podcasts. They just don't understand that sure. they would love them. I had to, I have a friend who I've recently gotten into fuckface. He's about my age. He's older. He'd never heard a podcast before. And I never asked him to listen to it. We just play video games together. And one night he goes, yeah, I've been thinking about checking out one of your podcasts. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome if you want to. Should. Cool. Thanks, man. And he goes, uh, he goes, how do I do that? And I go, what do you mean? And he's like, like, I don't, how do I get a pod? How do I, do how I have do, to buy how do I, yeah, like, do I buy the, do, yeah. I, do I buy the, do I go to the podcast store? You know? And you're like, <laughs> You get a Zoom. Oh, I had to explain it. It's so much easier than people realize. We do it like Netflix. I place a mail order. You send me the episode. It's like, do you have a phone? Congrats. It is three steps. Like literally three clicks. And we're having this conversation on a podcast, so it's not going to reach the ears of anybody that I want. Can I I give you a pitch? Because I just realized you've, you've tapped into something that I really do love. We need to get a fucking hotline that you can call into that's just always playing an episode of fuck face like uh colin oates you ever heard that no 
you uh, it's a phone number you call and then they're just playing hollow notes, notes music yeah, oh, or they're, uh, fuck yeah. The, they might be giants used to do it they had the dial a song right you'd call every day they'd post a new song and you dial the number and you could listen to the new they might be giant song that's, that's sick as that hell. fucking rocks I bring honestly, that back. So, honestly bring that back yeah, dial yeah. call in and it just is playing a random RTP episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can get in on it, but it's more of a uh I don't know. I'm trying to get in on the fuck face trend. I don't know if yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to jump ship to a more successful show. Uh no, I'm kidding. I <laughs> I'm kidding. It's yeah. yeah and, and you know it's apples to, and just, to, just, to be, just to be clear there's no path there for you <laughs> that's good yeah yeah, yeah I, uh, oh man I too, again I'm not super interested in doing podcasts like forever forever I like doing them which I, I don't know I do two of them mm -hmm. that are pretty good uh, I mean that's how I found out about you was because I was a fan of your cult podcast well, thank you again yeah. Uh, yeah we talked about it we did at, I think at the live show yeah um which is super fun i like that show especially because it's like um it's got a topic mm -hmm. and it means that i have a purpose to do it i've uh i know that this seems very like counterintuitive to what we've just done here especially because i've had such a great time talking with y'all but i i loathe doing a show where i'm just supposed to show up and not like just riff on something because like I, I i like having a purpose for being there i i intentionality agree with you. yeah i agree with you and i'll say uh a couple of years ago and i, I do comedy very differently now than i used to and i think the podcast uh, fuck, uh, my work in podcasts probably benefits from it a couple of years ago maybe five or six years ago now i did a documentary with about nick scarpino called mm -hmm. waiting for the punchline uh where i just i thought you know nick from kind of funny mm-hmm I thought that his his path to becoming a comedian was so fascinating to me because here was a guy who has an incredibly successful brand and kind of funny who could literally just post to their social and have 500 people show up any night of the week to, to see his stand-up. But he was going around and doing uh, open mics three or four a night, six nights a week, driving around in his car around San Francisco, you know, doing uh, shows to like fucking three people because he wanted to do it the right way and he wanted to come up the right way and he wanted the respect of the other comedians around him. And he did that. And I was so fascinated by that that I went to Roost Teeth when we used to do documentaries and I said, we've got to do a documentary on this guy. This is really interesting what he's doing. He's not taking shortcuts when he could and he probably should. And I think that there's something really beautiful in that. And I think that that's a really interesting story. And, you know, the way they worked it out was they said, you can do it, we'll do it, but you have to participate in it and, like, he'll mentor you and make you do stand-up. And so in that process, I had to do that, and I'd never done stand-up before, and Nick taught me about sitting down and writing and preparing. And since that documentary, I have written and prepared everything I've done. I'm... <clears throat> I'm laughing. Even this, all, all of this, yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. you've heard today. Has we've, been... We're, we've been on teleprompters. Yes. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm laughing laughing is just because you were like, he was doing this. It's such an interesting story. This guy going to open mics and performing for no, three No, a guy people. who's already successful. No, yes, I know what not, you mean. A guy who's, already, a guy who's already got an audience. That he doesn't have to do that and he's doing it the right way. I understand what you mean and that you are 100% correct. And also that is the way to do it when like... <sighs> This is stupid. It, it, it didn't. Okay. The guy who does uh, Fred. Fred Figglesworth. Fred Figglesworth. Yeah. That guy would show up to open mics in LA and he wouldn't do the Fred thing. He was just genuinely yeah. trying to like do stand up. 
And uh, when he first showed up around, because comedians are assholes, we treated him like shit. But mm -hmm. then once we realized that this guy's like sticking around, he's and coming really, back every fucking night. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking putting the work yeah. in. Then you get the respect. And so, like, I I was laughing because it's just funny to me to hear like it's such an interesting story that he's doing these terrible, awful things, and it's like yeah, it. but also. Uh, I agree that one, it's so sick to see somebody not take the shortcuts when they have when they them. Can yeah, yeah because especially be, considering like especially in that era of YouTube when it's like every YouTube celebrity had decided they were a comedian. Yeah, and was like, oh, I'm gonna do a tour now, and there's I'm playing to a thousand yeah. people a night, and I've never yeah. done comedy before, and I can just like I just by the transitive property of of just humanity i can feel every real comedian who has come up the way you and all of your you know patriots did uh <laughs> just going like i want to fucking kill this guy i just want to fucking murder him yeah. in his sleep he doesn't deserve this he didn't do any of the work he hasn't done i mean sure he's got an audience but he didn't do anything he doesn't it doesn't translate to this what i'm doing which is very different which oh. is why i was very reticent to even consider myself a comedian for many many years sure. Uh, because it felt it's in some way disrespectful right. to what stand-ups well, do. But there's different kinds of comedy, and yes. I've, I've reconciled that. Uh, but I just I just think it's interesting when people want to do something the right way and they don't have to, because so many people, especially in our industry, are looking to take shortcuts. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. If there was, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty astounding that like to to I, I truly like you know I respect to somebody who already has an audience who doesn't leverage it for yeah a shortcut yeah. to like doing stand-up because yeah there's no because also trust me if you like actually want to do stand-up for the love of stand-up or like want to do you know per, some kind of comedy performance for for the love of the game and you have and you could tweet like hey i'm doing a show at this like club and like all your like hyper fans are there you will never get better you'll yeah. never get a genuine reaction they'll they'll pop for like almost anything you say anything you bit you do you'll never know if this is like a quality joke or a quality bit and so like i imagine if you're not a sociopath or have like some like you know some modicum of self-awareness that like any of those laughs that you get with like a essentially bought audience just turn to ash in your mouth. You know what I mean? At, on some level, you would hope if you again had any kind of humanity, it would for me. I know that yes. that would, would for me. If I could it's, leverage an audience that way, I would get like, even if they were on fire, I'd be like, nah, I, I, this is all, it's this the, is all false gains. The way of like um, every year at RTX, they do the comedy night. Yeah, I used to do it. And uh, and I wish I could have seen that. And I genuinely mean that just because I'm I'm always interested at what everyone's take on stand-up is. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I because uh, you're right in that stand-up comedy is a different form of comedy. I would consider most people here a comedian, but I would consider stand-up comedy to be like, um, in my opinion, I think it's like the highest form of comedy because there is nothing else. It's I just agree. you. I agree. And so, uh, and it's also like, it's everything, you know, it's like, how do you perform it? How do you say it? How do you think it? How do you write it? And it's just, it's so interesting, the different, like the ways, the, the different takes comedians have on how to approach it from like a Dave Chappelle who will go up and riff for six hours straight yeah. and, versus like a Jerry Seinfeld who is so meticulous with how he designs and plans a joke, you know, and they're like entirely different schools of thought, but you, but they're both incredibly successful in their own way. And it's, 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 it's a f fascinating to see how people tackle the medium. Yeah. You know? And I, I, to your credit of like not wanting to take the shortcuts and to your point, uh, Andrew, of like those things turning to ash in your mouth when you, when you, you know, when you're using that mm. ability is like the comedy night, I would say 
<laughs> jokes aside, and you can do one after I say it, I would say that I'm a very good, I'm good at stand-up. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, well, now I'm mad that you weren't mean to me, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, I. but like, I, I'm very good at stand-up, uh, and stand-up is like, that's like me playing a home game, you mm -hmm. know? And so when I go up there, it's not like, I'm not nervous. Also, I don't need to fucking prepare anything. Like, James Willems, super fucking funny. Hilarious dude. Still had to go out of his comfort zone to prepare stand-up jokes. Uh -huh. I don't have to do that. I can just go, oh yeah, I'll pull 15 minutes from the fucking hour I have and then I'll just do that. And then yeah. I end up only doing eight because it's such a home crowd that they're laughing at setups because they're just excited that you're yeah. there. Yeah. It's and, it's an exhibition match. Yeah, it's like it's like it's hitting dingers. You get it's a, a ton of fun, but yeah. You get to be the fucking Harlem Globetrotters yeah. where you're just like, they're so excited to see you that the premises of your jokes are getting laughs yeah and as a stand-up especially as one that's done the work and done the stuff and you realize that that's not like normal there is a bit of you that feels like okay this year we had two shows for the rtx comedy night and the first show i was batting a thousand i felt fucking great it felt like to have one of those shows where everything goes right and you feel great uh it was awesome the second show that we had when it was an almost exact repeat of people like laughing at the setups. There's a part of your brain that goes, shut the, f shut up, yeah. shut up. Yeah. That wasn't funny. And you know, it wasn't yeah. funny. I'm not, I haven't even been funny yet. Yeah. Which the comments would agree pretty thoroughly throughout yeah, the career. No, that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's like, I also think having done it just enough, uh, I think it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's also like a, it's a learned skill, and sure, also sure, it's a ten thousand. I mean, every anything is a ten thousand hours skill, sure, right? Sure, I just I like, I, and I think probably why I didn't approach like continue it uh, and, and try to like expound upon it uh, and do it more often is I you, you learn, I you learn with every production you do, everything you do. I I've learned over time, going back to the Howard Stern thing. All I want to do is talk to dudes with beards around a table <laughs> at the end of the day it's like what it boils down to is like me and a couple dudes with beards talking uh talking about shit and trying to be conversationally funny yeah you know yeah. i find con I, I find people that are off the cuff conversationally funny to be uh, I, th that is my that's the pinnacle to me yeah somebody who can just sit down and and what appears to be effortlessly just riff, just riff off of whatever you guys are saying and play off the crowd or whoever is in 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 the room uh, I think it's just it's wild to me and that's all i've that's all I really want to do, which is why I podcast I don't care about that I just I just want to talk to people with microphones <laughs> you want to call be... it radio call it whatever you want but like this is the this is this is the most fun thing on earth to me Jeff, just having this conversation Jeff wants to be in the green room of the comedy show yes. like you want to be like with the comics backstage who are just like riffing and bullshitting and laughing and stuff or like you know uh, smoking out back after the show yeah, yeah. like though well, I mean like that's its own like you know I would bit say of fun business that Yes and no, because I, I know that like one of the worst parts about comedians, myself 
and probably Andrew included, is that we're always looking for the bit. And so it becomes a hard time to have a conversation. This episode has been one where we sort of pull it back a little bit because we know that you like conversational, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, we, we tailored this episode to you. And I appreciate it. And by the way, you're right. I don't want to do bits. I I just want (laughs) to, this is the, this is what I like to do. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that's what we're, you know, that's what we're doing because like, uh, honestly, that's what would have made the best episode, which again goes into the like planning of it where we, uh, a little peek behind the curtain, something that got cut out is we, we talked with the producer a second to be like, uh, yeah, we won't do an RT cares for this one or an always on, um, half because it's a pre-record, but also half because like this just flows better, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so what gets difficult. And I learned this when I started working for Funhouse, is that like, it's difficult for comedians, standups, especially to just be real with each other because the moment you get real, you turn back into that kid watching another kid smoke a cigarette in high school where they're like, this is gay. Why am I going to be honest with you? That's weird. Why do you want to get to know me? Weird. I, I think, I think it's a delicate balancing act because like one of like my, one of my absolute favorite things is having just like really good riffy fun conversation. But like, I've definitely also had like, the uh like original four loco formula of that which is like a bunch of comedians who can't turn it off and it becomes unbearable yeah because it's a bunch of people vying for the funniest bit like actively rather than just being like in a conversation that just kind of flows and is naturally funny it's just like like again it's a delicate balancing act because you want to be like you want it to have like that crackle and that pop and the energy of like a fun conversation with funny people but like at a certain point it's just like God, this is fucking unbearable. It's so exhausting because everyone's just like, t- oh, like too on, which yeah. like is something that I like can kind of be repulsed by after a, a few minutes. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's uh, try doing a podcast with you every week, dude. <laughs> no, I'm the one who does it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Doc, it is hard to turn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that problem a lot. Yeah, I, I was talking about that last night after leaving the break show. Emily and I were driving home and I, I get, I get, I get jittery yeah. if I'm like on and it's hard to, even to this day, 48 years in to my life and more than 20 years into this career, I have a real hard time coming down from a thing. I would rather roll, like I'm going to leave this, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go ride my bike and I'm going to work on Saul Right. But I would rather leave this and go directly to the next microphone and just keep it rolling because now that I'm in this, yeah, it's the juice. This, this, I'm, yeah. Now I'm in this juicy moment and yeah. I just like, I don't know how to turn it off and I'd, I'd rather yeah. not. I mean, I, I struggle with it too a lot where like, uh, my partner, my partner gets upset with me sometimes because, uh, and this has been like an ongoing thing with multiple different partners where like, uh, I just like to work. Yeah. I just want to go do stand up all the time and then, uh, come in and do a podcast and then write a script and then do something else. Like, I just want to be working and I spend every... I mean, like Andrew will tell you, right? It's that like when we're not doing this, we're also talking about like other stuff we want to do or like making music or like making other art because we've had to gamify our our interest in making stuff into turning it into hobbies, like where, where we're just making stuff for another facet of art yeah, to I can calm down completely commiserate with y'all i'm at a point in my career and i've been very intentional to try to do less and less stuff and try to like i don't say retire but sort of like really reduce the amount of output uh, mm-hmm. because i've released way too many videos and way too much content and then to be more intentional about what i do and to do less and less and less yet 
even though I do, like, even though that is like prevalent in my thoughts at all times, I still am spinning up new podcasts left and right. I can't stop making new ones. <laughs> I can't fucking stop. I'm so miserable right now because I started so all right, a third podcast, and now I have three to do a week, and I love doing it, but it's like, oh, I did it to myself again. I keep doing it this thing where I can't, en uh, enough is never enough for me, and I have to keep making new shit. I keep having ideas or like another sure. thing, and I want to, I have to come up with another outlet to, to, to do it. And I just, sure. it's, it's, it's like you said, you love to work. I would agree, except that none of this is work to me. It is yeah. all work, but it's it because it, it, it's physically it's work. But it's like a it's more of a compulsion to me. Sure, than anything it's, else. Like I, well, I can't stop. I couldn't. I, if I wasn't doing this for a living, I'd still be doing this. I I feel like I can't remember. Was it you? Was it you or Griff that gave me shit? Because like I'm, I'm Griff. I was right. Uh, like I I you know I paint. I make music. I'm like learning like a new instrument right now. I'm very like. Per productive in various like art forms, right? All this kind of stuff, and so I was, I was like asking me like, what'd you do over the weekend? It's like, ah, oh, you know, I just like, kept it pretty chill, didn't really do anything. I like finished a couple paintings and I like worked on some music. Like, so wait, you're taking it easy is being productive. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's taking it easy. Yeah, speaking, yeah. Speaking of the Europe thing that we talked about earlier, uh, after RTX 2022, I went to Europe for a month, and that's when I went to Paris. Uh, I went there to do to tour to do a stand-up tour. I was doing stand-up at least one show uh, where I was doing like thirty minutes every single night, and that was the most relaxed I had ever been. How did how did you find your comedy translated to a European audience? It took a while to find the translate, but the thing is about European audiences that go to American or at least English comedy shows is most of them are American expats yeah. or. Um, people who speak English and and they're also obsessed with American culture. Yeah. So they, they understand a lot of references. It's funny the stuff that they don't get. Like they don't understand anything about cholos. And I, want, <laughs> I have a joke where I talk Damn. about teardrop tattoos and people would laugh, but they laughed weird. Yeah. And you can always tell like... Like the they know it's funny, but they don't know why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the third time I asked somebody like, what does that mean? It, well, like on stage. I'm on yeah. stage asking them like, what is a teardrop tattoo? And they go... It's like um because uh, because you are cry you know it's uh, it's it is funny because you, you know you are cry and that uh, and that but you want to forget to being sad but you have it and it reminds you that you cry and I go that's beautiful but no, no you but, fucking idiot yeah it means like, you fucking kill someone's ass yeah. Yeah. you stupid bitch <laughs> take those Cortez shoes off and then I robbed him yeah. yeah and then I added a teardrop um but my point being is that like. Uh, yeah, it's not work because I I gotta I I love this quote so fucking much uh, that I talk about it all the time. But like Bukowski, right? Has I've the, read everything he's ever written. Yeah, even all even all of his poetry, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah, poetry is fucking fine, but Bukowski has on his gravestone "Don't try," which is uh, the whole thing behind it being you know that like the to the to the writer to Bukowski it's not that he he did this stuff because he wanted fame or because it was work or because he wanted any of these exterior like mm -hmm. motivators that most people have for doing stuff it's because the true artist you know you don't try you have to do it yeah it doesn't matter what you're doing like you have to do it and like that's a very romantic way of thinking about it and it eliminates this idea or it suggests that we don't get tired from doing it but i feel like you me andrew and a lot of people here are very similar in that like i can't not do this 
Bernie and I used to talk about that a lot back in the early days. Like when we were, it'd be like three in the morning and we were just fucking exhausted and trying to get a shot in RVB or whatever. And he would be like, you know, in another life, we'd still be doing this in some way. Like mm -hmm. no matter, we would always talk about like, no matter, we put ourselves in a different environment, put ourselves in a different setting. And they're like, no, we're, we're always like, we always find our way back to this. So like us being miserable and exhausted at three in the morning because it's as, as tiring as it is, this, this creative thing that we're doing is fueling our, our entire beings yeah. and we don't have a choice, you know? Yeah. And it's the thing that I've like, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much shit and, or make anyone think anything bad, but like, it's the reason why, like I've had arguments with, uh, now executives before who have like mm. complained about like the schedules and stuff they had like we had a conversation with somebody they were like, you're putting too much time into, we used to do cold opens for mm. the show, like a sketch and they complained about all the time that we put into it. And it was like, you're like, killing yourself to do this thing and it's like you're wrong i'm not killing myself because if i didn't do this i'd want to kill myself like, there's, <laughs> this is my reason you're this is the the working the staying, this is keeping the gun in the drawer you yes. don't understand yeah, yeah. like people would be people would be sort of upset because i would like stay here at the office until 11 59 to like edit this thing and be and then and i would be like no i love doing that that's like it brings me so much joy to when I'm done with it to show it off and be like we did it we did that thing. If I'm awake, I'm working. Yeah, in the sense that I'm thinking or creating or writing down something or planning something for this company and for uh, content in some way. Yeah, uh, yeah, ingrates. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like it just it is what it is. Yeah. At some at some point, it's muscle memory, right? Yeah, like sure. you're not even trying. At, at, you realize like, oh, did I just spend three hours working out this joke? Oh, I guess I did. I thought I was having fun yeah. on a Saturday. I guess I am having fun on a Saturday. I guess this is all I want to do. I guess this is who I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only thing. Speaking of which, uh, before I forget, because we got to start wrapping up here, but uh, speaking of preparing stuff for having um, guests on, we did... Uh, prepare one thing okay that we won't get to do uh, Great. but i think that <laughs> i want to pitch it to you as a potential idea for uh for so all right okay because i fell down this rabbit hole recently have you you you're familiar with uh john f kennedy yes died yeah. right yeah he's dead you knew that right yeah okay good a lot of people don't it's so true a lot, of, sure. a lot of people don't think he's dead <laughs> yeah. No, yeah well no they don't know well, they, well, there's a lot of people that are just asking questions, but there are a lot of people that think he is the vice president still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, still. Yeah. They think he is the vice president. Well, then there's just an equal amount of people who think that his son faked his death and will take his rightful place as RFK? vice president. Uh, no, 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 no. John no, no, John Kennedy, Kennedy, Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And will take his rightful place next to our true president, Donald Trump. Donald Jump? Donald, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Jump, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I combined the J and the Trump to make yeah. Jump. No, I, uh, I recently fell down the rabbit hole of uh, there are... Uh, people who believe that John F. Kennedy was assassinated by Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's. <laughs> I love this idea that, like, all of the conspiracies are, are, are tied to celebrities for yeah. some reason. Yeah. 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 It's always like Tina Fey's really a man. And you're yeah. like, well, that's even real. if that were true, who cares? Like, yeah. Why would that matter? How that's does that in any way change? Your daily life. Like, or it's how does like that in any way change who's president? president. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. But the idea. So, like, is the is the is the consensus around the conspiracy? Because you told me this beforehand too. Yeah. That like, is the is the is the sort of like prevailing theory within this conspiracy theory that because uh, Marilyn Monroe fucked uh, Mary John F. Kennedy. Mary. Mary she was married to Joe, Joe DiMaggio. Joe, 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 married to Joe DiMaggio for nine months. 
but also uh, gave that sloppy top uh, to, to uh, uh, Robert and uh, John then, F. Kennedy. <laughs> who then lost his top. Yeah. Uh, in a so then Joe, it was very uh, sloppy. <laughs> so then Joe DiMaggio killed him, and then they covered it up because it was too much of a... So I'll speed like, run it. was too important it. to speed baseball. Run it. I'll speed run it for you, but also like just everything in Joe DiMaggio's life is so interesting. I While researching this, fell down another rabbit hole of learning about how statistically improbable his hit streak was. Mm-hmm and how it won't ever happen again yeah. like it's not only is it damn near a statistical improbability the first time but now with the changes to baseball just insane shit and i don't even fucking like baseball that's how that's how yeah. interesting that shit is the idea behind the conspiracy is that joe dimaggio uh famous baseball player uh um jolton joe, jolton joe. played for the uh uh the yankees and um he started in 41 had the hit streak in 43 right and then or no yeah i think so and then went to and then around 40 no i think the hit streak was later anyway seems a little early in 43 no i can't remember it i think he started in 36 doesn't matter i'm getting the dates fucked up he played he got the the yankees to win they were the first team to win four world series in a row uh he helped them do that and then he went to uh world war ii he enlisted in the military mm. and was part of the air force and that's part of the conspiracy is that like oh he's a veteran oh he has access to these like insane weapons like oh he also got really into hunting and like they trained him to be like a murder machine the truth is joe dimaggio was playing exhibition matches with other baseball players yes and that they ate so well that they all gained 10 pounds in the military yeah they they tell you, the, the, you get this idea that everybody that joins the military is some sort of like a trained killer, yeah. right? Who you can, who you can like uh, turn on, yeah. Like by giving me a copy of Catcher on the Rye, and suddenly they're like right. must assassinate and they, president, and they give you all the super soldier serum that, and you know, yeah. The you, the reality is they teach you, and my drill sergeant leveled with me when I was in basic training. They teach you exactly enough about fighting to get your ass kicked in a bar. <laughs> to think that you know what you're doing so that you go and you just get this shit beat out Absolutely of you in a bar. rinsed, yeah. And that's it. And you, you, like, even shooting guns, like, I shot guns all the time in the Army, but you're not, like, you're just shooting an M16. You're not, it, you're not, it, there's not that much importance placed Jeff, on it. When, right. Jeff, can I hit you with a random phrase? Sure. Uh, green bracelet, Schlitterbahn. Uh, <laughs> I have to Do. go now <laughs> must kill john lennon yeah uh so joe dimaggio supposed super killer yeah uh, but uh, truly just slightly chubby yankees player yeah uh gets back he meets marilyn monroe they quote unquote fall in love they have a horrible relationship joe dimaggio real abusive piece of shit she had she was very unlucky in love too oh yeah 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 it, uh, the, you know, so, so their relationship was so bad. You know, that famous photo of her getting the skirt blown up and she's great. like, yeah. So that was when they were married or at least dating. And what immediately followed that was Joe DiMaggio fucking screaming at Marilyn Monroe moments after that happened. And apparently the conversation like turns violent. Um, Joe DiMaggio, according oh. to himself, in love mm. with Marilyn uh after she died sent uh what was it like a dozen on august roses. 5th 1962 by the way yeah that's the day she died 525 
525. Yeah. And then uh, Kennedy is what? It's uh, November 22nd, 1963? I don't know because there wasn't a Misfits song about that. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't memorize it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're forgetting the Black Flag one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll kill JFK. Uh, anyway, sends like over 18,000 roses to her grave over the rest of his life. Is uh, also convinced that the Kennedys had her killed. That's yeah. like a huge part of it. Um, because uh, well, a lot of people think that, right? Yeah, but he specifically thought so because she had evidence that pinned that they were trying to work with the mafia to have Castro killed so that the mafia could take over the casinos in Cuba and also solve the problems of Cuba with JFK, despite the fact that JFK was very lenient on Cuba mm. and that whole shit. Um, and so the story goes is that Joe DiMaggio was on a hunting trip while uh while kennedy was in dallas but actually he went to dallas used his military know-how to get right. his hands on a high-tech rifle shot john f kennedy and then was so scared by what he had done he threw his gun on the floor which caused the magic bullet that everyone talks about of course that's uh -huh. my favorite is yep. the idea that the magic bullet came from joe dimaggio going ah! yeah <laughs> And then immediately found a Secret Service agent, admitted it, and then Lyndon Johnson, uh, right? Yes. That's mm -hmm. yep. uh, Lyndon Johnson uh, realized that a hero, an American hero, shuts out Mrs. Robinson, uh, killing another American hero uh, would be too much for the public to stand. So they covered it up so that Joe DiMaggio uh, wouldn't have to face any time for the crimes that he committed. You know they uh, they call you know why they call a dick a Johnson? It's because of LBJ. Yeah, really. His yeah, it's named after it's named after his big dick. Yeah. yeah. So like when you some, somebody refers to it as their Johnson, you're literally referring to it as LBJ. Yeah, dick. that's because yeah. LBJ a little had bit of etymology. Like, L, for LBJ you. had like a ten inch dick. Yeah. How, he was a, <laughs> he was apparently, he would take it out to intimidate people yeah. like in meetings I heard and that. stuff. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is so funny. It is so funny to have a guy that looks like in Lyndon Baines Johnson yeah. to have just be like hung to the knee. It's so funny. Even funnier to me is have the words BJ in your name. <laughs> we gotta end this episode. I just love the etymology of those things. Like yeah. people uh, refer to Dix as Johnsons there all over the world, and nobody has any idea why. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's because of a president. It's this Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, fucking Marilyn Monroe's uh, lover <laughs> killed John F. Kennedy. The th the thing about conspiracy theories that I mean, there's so much fun. It's so exciting to want to think that people are lying to it's you. It's larping. There's, a, there's yeah. There's it's larping, right? <laughs> there's some sort of a secret truth. But the reality is, and I think you discover this the older you get. Most people are just pretty incompetent and just hanging on. Yes. And that people aren't that smart. Yes. And people aren't capable of. Pull most people can. Most people can't handle self checkout at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Much less keep They're, a world destroying secret. A world destroying yeah. secret. Yeah, yeah. That hundreds of people would have to know. About. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of people being incompetent and not smart or able to run an organization, we've been the Rooster Teeth Podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Armando. I'm Andrew. Hello. <laughs> and uh, if you want to listen to more of Jeff, you can go listen to ANMA, which stands for Anarchy Me Anything. You can go listen to uh, So All Right. And you can also listen to uh, Fuckface. And please, please do. Watch yeah. all of the many things that the Fuckface brand is doing, including the Let's Play channel. Oh, uh, yeah, we're doing that again. The yeah. Fuckface break shows. Yeah, um, yeah, we're doing that. And then the upcoming uh, season of Red versus Blue, right? You're in yeah. that too? Yeah, I'm told I'm in that. Yeah, okay. I just did. I just did uh, my last round of lines for like the third time. Nice. There is so. a. Uh, hey, don't tell him this, by the way, because I know you two are still fucking pals. Don't tell Matt about this. But there's a we chance. are definitely still pals. <laughs>
there's a chance that we snuck in uh, a thing from an old cold open uh, where we had a guy taking a shit and we kept calling taking a shit dropping slop because we thought it was the funniest way to say it. Yeah, it's good. And uh, Matt asked me to riff something when I was doing a voice for the show and I uh, I used the phrase drop and slop and he thought it was really funny and said, oh, we're going to have to add that in. So there's a chance that we got fucking drop and slop into Red versus Blue. Yeah, so is, is this you announcing that you're in the new season of Red versus Blue? I am such a non-important character <laughs> i think my character has a like number two next to the <laughs> fucking name <laughs> it guy is, who gets crushed by warthog number two yeah it's not a it is this is not an announcement i uh to to, to be non-funny and really serious for a second i'm very excited for that to come out um yeah because i think bernie wrote a really beautiful story and I think that he tied it up and ended it very well. And I thought it was very poignant. And I, it, I'll be, I like 100% honesty. I, it made me cry when I read it. Wow. Uh, I read, I read it all the way through three times. It made me cry the first two times. I didn't cry the third time. I'm, I'm tough. I'm tired. I only cried twice. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It's a weird thing to see like the end of a story that we started 22 years ago that has been such a huge part of my life, a, a much smaller part of my life these last 12 years or so. Um, it was definitely front loaded, but still, it's just like it's the reason I'm here. Yeah. The reason I have this career. And uh and it just like it's wild to to see it finally kind of have a bow. You yeah, know, to like have its bow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm really excited for it. I hope people like it as much as I uh, I liked being a part of it. That's Until wonderful. they turn it over to us the next year. And then we get to ruin it. And then yeah, and then yeah we can drive it into the ground. Episode two oh one drop and slop. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, yes, Jeff. Thanks, thanks for having me. Pleasure. I really appreciate yeah. it. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat a plate of beige. Yeah. <laughs>